Willst du mehr? Los, Rabe. Coming to you live Radio Bang Up in the Alpine sky Everybody gets blue It's wonderful to be back piloting the Zeppelin. I was uh, on the road or in the air, I should say. I just got back from Toronto, Canada. I was in Toronto, Ontario uh, the last couple of weeks for the Toronto Blues Summit and the Maple Blues Awards. Fantastic time in Toronto. We're going to play music from many of the artists that I heard there throughout the show. We also have a live uh, guest here in the studios of Radio Baron Raba, Matthew Stevenson, author of a new book, Appalachia Spring. Matthew is also a contributing editor to Harper's Magazine. We're going to speak with him right after the first set. In the second hour, Hank Schitzo has a brand new CD. It's called Steady As We Go, and a couple of weeks ago, just before I left for Toronto, I recorded about a half-hour interview with Hank to talk about and celebrate his new CD. I have tickets to give away in the second hour for Richard Kochley, Friday night, 15th of February, Fritigaba from St. February at the Alta Moshti in Molitorna. We're going to do that in the second hour. And, uh, yeah, just happy to be back. Toronto, Canada was wonderful. We'll talk about that also uh, during the first set. 
And just to let you know, the Blue Zeppelin is not only heard on radio band Robin 95.6 megahertz in the Swiss capital. The Blue Zeppelin is heard Saturday nights from 10 till midnight on Radio Laura 97.5 megahertz in Zurich. On Dies Radio, DAB Plus Radio in the canton of the Valais. On Tuesday nights from 10 till midnight. And of course, WRFI Community Radio in the Finger Lakes region of upstate New York, 88.1 FM in Ithaca, 91.9 FM in Watkins Glen. Now, when I was in Toronto last week, they had three nights of showcases at the Toronto Blues Summit. And this wonderful artist was there. Dawn Tyler Watson has a brand new CD out. It's an advanced copy, still not yet released. I believe it's going to be released in March. The CD's called Mad Love, and the track I heard and she performed live at, at the uh, summit in Toronto is called Alligator. And let's listen to it now. It was like she was fired out of a cannon. So much energy. Dawn Tyler Watson.
that's one of Canada's best acoustic guitar players, Michael Jerome Brown, and that's from a brand new CD, 2019 release. Really brand new. It's still warm. Michael Jerome Brown, the CD's called That's Where It's At, and the track we heard is a Stevie Wonder cover called Skeletons. Before that, J.W. Jones, also from uh, Canada, he's from Ottawa. He was not at the uh, Toronto Blues Summit, but he also has a brand new CD out called J.W. Jones Live. And we heard a track called Moaning at Midnight. Before that, Colin James, big winner at the Maple Blues Awards last Monday night in Toronto with Boogie Funk off of the CD Blue Highways. And Colin James took, among others, the award for uh, Best Entertainer uh, in Blues for 2018. And we started off with Dawn Tyler Watson from this brand new CD of hers called Mad Love. The track is called Alligator. And, uh, yeah, she is still delivering the goods. What a great artist she is. And now I want to bring on my uh, guest for the show, Matthew Stevenson has a brand-new book out called Appalachia Spring. He's also a contributing editor to Harper's Magazine, and he's he loves to ride the trains. Matthew, welcome to the Blue Zeppelin. It's always great to be here with you, Mark. Thank you. Hey, it's great to see you again. It's great. I'm glad the train stopped so close to uh, Radio Rabe and the, the Blues Zeppelin. I'm sure a Zeppelin would, would, would suit me just as well as a train, but in this case, it's, uh, it's nice to be here with you in the studio. Thank you. And we have a shout-out. I just got an email from our friend in Geneva, Gene, who's listening on the, uh, the live stream. Hi, Gene. Hope you're enjoying the show. Matthew's here because you have a, a new book out. What number is this? I think it's number seven. They, 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 they seem to back up in the computer. But this is a book about – they, they pronounce it Appalachia there, obviously. I say Appalachia. That's what I was sort of brought up saying. I think both are somewhat correct. Appalachia, I think, is a little more local and regional. And it's uh, – I took a car, I took a bike, I took a tent, I took a sleeping bag, and I wandered the coal hollows, both both between some of the, the Virginia Civil War battlefields are there, but also that starkly remote, it's, it's evocative in many of the music, the songs that you play here on Blue Zeppelin, Mark, that, that, that haunting sense of, of an America that's either on its way out or is gone, it's vanished. And I, maybe I was trying to recapture something that I saw as a child. I used to go to some of those states, those coal mining states with my father who would, who would go there on business, but also to kind of to give myself a visual look of what, uh, uh, what coal country looks like today. It's, it's, we don't think of it often in many parts of the world. There's coal. The coal mines have shut down, and they have largely in, in West Virginia and Kentucky and in western state of Virginia. And... Uh, and I, I, to take, a, take pleasure in seeing a, a benighted area is not the case, but it gives me pleasure to, to be able to match images with uh, things that I'm reading about. And why did you select this area? This is uh, the former Confederacy. Part of it's the Confederacy. Actually, West Virginia became was, the, was not the Confederacy. It fought on the Union side. The division of, of Virginia, it's one of the themes in the book, is how did West Virginia become a state? And it becomes a, it's a series of battles in the Civil War, hive off West Virginia, we think of as today West Virginia, from the Commonwealth of Virginia, which was obviously the cradle of the Confederacy. 
Right. And normally, in the books that you've previously brought to, to me here on the Blue Zeppelin, you've had sort of, you know, meaty chapters, chapters that, you know, went for a few pages. And here in this book, the chapters are really vignettes. I mean, it's, it's uh, the, uh, the Appalachian Spring, the piece of music, obviously kind of one of the greats in American history, a, a more substantial work. I don't want to say it's vignettes from the coal fields, but it's uh, – I, I, I think the advantage of Appalachia Spring, and listeners can find it on Amazon, I think is the best place to get your hands on a copy, and it's Matthew Stevenson with a V. But to, to – uh, so they could kind of come along with me and I, I hope not be uh, restless travelers, to be engaged travelers. And I just thought keep it a little – keep it shorter, keep it simple, and keep your eyes down the road. Matthew, can I ask you to give us an example of I'll give one what of the I thought I, what I thought I'd read from is it's it's a well-known place in American history and readers of my books know that I, I kind of dream about history and this is Appomattox where the Civil War ends. It's where uh, Robert E. Lee surrenders to uh, Ulysses S. Grant and it's it's interesting. It happens at Appomattox Courthouse, which is outside of the town of Appomattox. As it is today, as it is today, and Grant is shy. Grant doesn't want to say to Lee, "Now, how about it? Give me your sword." And and Lee thinks Grant's going to arrest him and put him in prison. And uh, at some point, uh, Grant is making small talk. They'd known each other in the Mexican War. They'd both been at at graduates of West Point. They had been in the same circle in American military affairs. And at one point. Grant looks so Lee looks over at Grant and said, "Can we get on with this?" And he doesn't arrest him. He lets him as the famously keep their horses and their sidearms, and the horses were needed for the spring planting. So this is a little bit of the book from the town of Appomattox, the new town of Appomattox, which saw fighting around the railroad station when Union troops burned the last of Lee's supply trains, had strips of drugstores and waffle houses on its edges. The small downtown section around the station, however, has its historic houses and buildings, including a number selling antiques. I didn't see any hotels or campgrounds on the drive into town, so I parked at the railroad station. Finding the visitor center closed, I went across the street to Bain's Books and Coffee to ask directions for a place to stay. The shop's owner, a cheerful man setting up for an evening concert, told me the area had no campgrounds. Then he asked, did I really want to camp with tornadoes on the loose? He suggested I try to get a room at the Long Acre Bed and Breakfast on the other side of the tracks. He also said the cafe would, op- would be open that evening for dinner to sell books and for bluegrass music, all of which interested me. Looking around the store, I mentally staked out a place for my dinner in one of the oversized easy chairs near the books about the Civil War. I felt like I was home. That's a little bit of a taste of, of kind of, of that part of the world. It's, it's If you want to picture it, Mark, it's southwest of Washington, D.C., probably by three or four hours, I would say, maybe not quite that far, probably three and a half hours drive. Right. Was there something you were striving to discover or to get a better understanding of? Well, I, I wanted to see I'm, – I'm, I'm of two minds about the coal hollows and the coal business and Appalachia in general. I have a strong sympathy for anybody who had to spend their life digging coal out of a mine. It, it's produced some great music. It's produced some great literature, much of which I had with me in the, in the car. 
but it's also coal is dirty fuel. Can we have clean fuel out of coal? I suspect not, but I suppose it's possible. So I wanted to see politically what what it why is it such a forgotten part of America when the Kennedys, Robert and John, were active politically, they championed the cause of Appalachia that it was that it was a, a stain on the American conscience. And since then nobody talks about Appalachia. So I was going back to places that I had read about, perhaps as a child growing up. My father had a, a great attraction to the area, and I'm sure it was to kind of I traveled with him when he was traveling, and I think it was partly to recapture some of those childhood trips. That's terrific. You know, I was looking for some music that would be appropriate for this, and I saw my good friend Harrison Kennedy last week in Toronto after the Maple Blues Awards, and his great-grandmother made the trip through the Underground Railroad from Tennessee all the way to Ontario. And this is from his CD called Shame the Devil, and the track is Must Have Been the Devil. Well, 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 mm-hmm. oh, I've been cutting that good kindling, yes, and lying and fire. Yes, I do. You know I drink to 
forget, but I got to pay the devil he do. Talking about that con whiskey, Lord, and that better gin. Uh-huh. it was con whiskey, Lord, and that better gin.
Michael Jerome Brown once again from his uh, new CD called That's Where It's At, this time accompanied by Harrison Kennedy, and the track was called Pharaoh. And before that, we uh, did hear from Harrison from his Shame the Devil CD with Must Have Been the Devil. And you know, Matthew, going to Toronto for me, especially for the Blues Summit, is a real treat. It is a, a set of showcases from Friday through Sunday, culminating with the Maple Blues Awards on Monday night. And they demonstrate every time I go there that there's wonderful music, both electric and acoustic, from the east side, from Newfoundland, and going as far west as uh, British Columbia, Vancouver. Canada really does have a lot to offer. Well, and also, it's almost more than the United States. It, it remains a, a nation of regions rather than a, than a, a uniform uh, country from one sea to the other. I mean, the, the music in Newfoundland and what, what you get out in British Columbia, completely different, isn't it? Yes. And did, did anyone there in Toronto know that this is the 30th year of the Blue Zeppelin? Did anybody uh, make note of that? That I want to, on behalf of your listeners, want to sh- give you a shout out for 30 years of. Uh, that's that's a lot of you played a lot of records and a lot of discs and a lot of songs in 30 years. So congratulations. Thank you very much, Matthew. And I'll, I've been repeating this over and over. It's truly a labor of love. It's been a complete uh, uh, volunteer effort. And it's something that is really important to me. Blues music really is important music. But what you do, I, I do it for I do it for books and for history. You do it for music. You've been to South Africa, you've been to Australia, you've been now across Canada two or three times, and you're always got your ear to a to a band and to a concert. That's what that's what you're doing, isn't it? Yes. Tell, wh- tell the listeners a little bit how you do. How do you do? Go about your day of finding some of these great new artists. Well, in, in on this trip, it was very easy because they had showcases uh, three days in a row, three evenings in a row, I should say. Plus, they had a big physical box. They call it a drop box, but this was a physical carton. And I don't know, I came back with 50 or 60 CDs from new artists, and I've been listening to them uh, the last week. And what I usually do, I'm usually, you know, I get CDs sent to me not only from from record labels, the big ones like Alligator and Roof and Electrify and uh, uh, Mascot Records and so on. I'm also getting stuff sent to me now from individual artists. And if the individual artist has the the courtesy, and and many of them do not have a lot of money, uh, no one's making real money playing blues, uh, that if they, if they send the... Uh, the CD and they pay international postage. I get CDs from New Zealand and Australia and England, all over Europe, Canada, the U.S. I feel it's my responsibility to listen to those CDs. And if there's you know one track that I can, one gem that I can find in that ore, uh, I'm very happy to play it on the Blues Zeppelin. And tell me, do you are you listening for the words? Are you listening for the for the music? A little of both. It's what? really a combination of both. Sometimes there's wonderful lyrics. Sometimes there's just a beat that just is a groove that is just fantastic. And I see my role as being the guy to share it. My job here is to share the music. It's not about me. I have no talent. 
The talent that I have is to figure out what sounds good and share it with everybody else. Well, for somebody who travels the world and finds obscure blues musicians and brings them back to Bern and puts them on pretty much global radio at this point when you take all your syndication throughout the world. And the internet, live streaming and podcast, it's available 24-7. And how has blues changed in the 30 years since you've been covering it? It's gotten a lot more um, creative. There's now hip-hop in Canada. There's hip-hop blues. There's blues in all styles. There's even um, First Nation blues in in Canada. Um, In the U.S., there's blues of all kinds of, you know, everyone thinks of blues as being New Orleans or Chicago, but there's blues everywhere now. Our friend Danny's listening to Yeshiva. He'd associate the Blues with St. Louis because he's a fan of the National Hockey League. But do you, is it possible? Is it possible that there are politics involved in? in is the poli- have the politics changed with some of the musicians? Are they angrier than they were before? I think it's interesting you mentioned that. I think that European blues, in particular, has become more political in the last 10 years with a lot of the issues about migration and things changing here in Europe. There's a lot of uh, uh, music that's uh, responding to that. I mean, I like books and travel and history, and you like music. Is it possible when you go to a place like Toronto to beyond a sort of a festival, which strikes me as a good way to get a lot of blues, can one still find in Canada some of the small clubs where you have a beer and listen to some great music? Oh, sure. Toronto has many of those, uh, some large ones and some very small ones. And, uh, for example, I heard Paul Reddick at a place called the Cameron House, which is uh, not a fancy place. But uh, great music nonetheless. Because on a, it's not this book. It's another book that I've been working on called Trail of Tears, which is about the Native Americans and kind of the removal to the West. In Memphis and, and in uh, New Orleans and some of those kind of Midwestern, Southern cities, it's still possible there is great music to be heard. There's a lot of bad music to be heard. And it's hard, often for travelers hard to find, isn't it? Yeah, you just need to know if you have someone on the ground there, they'll be able to tell you where it is. I want to ask you, Matthew, because we, when I was talking about Canada, you had related earlier to me a very interesting story when you were at university and taking a train trip through it Canada. Was a, it, we had what's called a Jan Planet, an independent study semester for a month between the two big semesters of fall and spring. And I signed up for Peter Kressel. He's a Bucknell University professor of economics. And it was Canadian economics. And what we did was get on the, the Canadian National, that's the one of the two railroads in Canada, in Montreal, and rode, let me see if I can do the cities, Montreal, Ottawa, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Vancouver. And in each city, we would meet politicians, journalists, historians, uh, businessmen, musicians, whatever. We did. I don't want to say we never went to any of the local bars because we certainly did. But we had readings. We had papers to write. We had sort of interviews to – and it's in some ways this book that I've done now, Appalachia Spring, is trying to recapture what I saw in Canada, what you've seen in Canada, which is great open spaces and trying to – kind of trying to relate to it. You relate through music. I relate through – history and, and, and literature. And it's very interesting, the comment you made at the beginning. There's, I think, a parallel between the Swiss cantonal system and the provincial system in Canada. 
that in fact it's a it's a more of a federation than you would have in the U.S. where many of the things are centralized. I I, f- I found it so. I've been back to Canada since the the great train epic. Although the train epic, because I was. 20 years old and a sophomore in college and it was the first time I'd ever been to Canada and it was great. We would we would ride for kind of hundreds of miles. It was winter so it was just covered with snow and, and ice but there was something magical and I always find it magical. It's why I like trains because I associate them with books and our friend Gene Listing is surrounded by his books and when I'm on a train I might as well be in the reading room of the British Museum. That's fantastic, Matthew. You know, another artist that I know from Canada, uh, Murray Kinsley and his band Wicked Grin have a brand new CD out called Murder Creek. And why don't we give a listen to the title track from that CD. Thank you. 
WRFI, Watkins Glen, Ithaca.
That is uh, a brand new band from Toronto, Coots Paradise, and they were nominated at the Maple Blues Awards. They were nominee for Best New Band 2018. The track was called Lily's Pad, and that's a reference to Lily Saz, the keyboardist in that band. Before that, Murray Kinsley and Wicked Grin, the title track from their new CD, Murder Creek. And we're going to come up now to the interview that I performed a couple weeks ago with Hank Shitzo. Hank has a brand new CD out called Steady As We Go. And when we come back from that in about a half an hour, I, we, we have Matthew Stevenson still here in the studio. He's going to do another reading for us, and we're going to talk about, uh, about travel and trains and a good friend of ours who's gone now just about seven years, Andy Sundberg. And we're going to give away tickets for the Altamoshti. Richard Kochli is performing there on Friday night, the 15th of February, 15th of February, in Molitorna. And Richard is listening somewhere in France. So hello, Richard. Good to have you flying today with us in the Zeppelin. Let's go to this Hank Schitzo interview, and we'll be back in about 30. It is a uh, great pleasure to welcome back to the Blue Zeppelin, a very good friend of uh, not only the Blue Zeppelin, but a radio robber as well. Hank Shitzo, so good to see you. Good to see you too. And we're here because uh, you're giving birth, or you've given birth <laughs> yeah. to another another uh, digital child, another CD or another album. It's, a, it's, it's a, Actually, it's a kind of a hybrid. It's digital and analog as well, because it'll also be out on, uh, on vinyl. Oh, that's great. The new CD is called Steady As We Go. And it's on uh, Blue Rose Records. It is. And, um, yeah, tell me a little bit about it. Well, it's album number 16. And, I mean, if you if you did all these records before, you, I always thought you, you, you'd have to have a reason to do an album. And the reason behind this was, this is like a collection of songs. There's three originals and then there's a, a whole bunch of songs that covers. And um, these are all songs that I like to play and sing just for the fun of it. And I had other originals, and I, but, but I thought this is like a, like a collection. There was like a, kind of a circle forming. And also... Um, Tom Etter, the guitar player in my band and I, we built a studio here in Bern and 
the whole point of that studio being that it's one big room and it's like a 50s style setup so everybody plays and sings in the same room and I sang the record live no one was wearing headphones and that's got a certain sound to it and kind of the, the music the, the choice of the, the, the songs that's a, a consequence of that so, so these are all songs that you that you can play in an ensemble, everybody in the same room, which also means there's nowhere to hide. You, <laughs> you just have to play and sing, and then that's it. Now, the studio that, you, that you've <clears throat> built, is this something that will last, that will be used in the future as well? Oh, yes, it will. And, and also, we, we, we don't promote it at all, but we, some people heard stuff and said, oh, this, this sounds good, because if, you have, if you're lucky, you get a room that really sounds good that is high enough and, and, and large and and um, you can do setups with drums and and old microphones let's not get into studio stuff here but um you know a lot of the music that we love especially roots music was recorded that way yeah. uh, that, that's just people sitting or standing in a room and 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 playing and singing together like the the t-bone walker stuff the early stuff that was done with one or two microphones and everybody sat around it or stood around it the same with with a lot of like western swing stuff and and early early country and western recordings it's just most of the time that's one microphone and these people just knew how to play and and to play dynamically so if 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 that's what you want to do if that's what you're after like you know jazz guys do that all the time the the whole blue blue note stuff was recorded that way so that's that's what we set out to do and and we were really lucky like also with the dimensions of the rooms and everything plus tom and i since 30 years we have a really nice collection of microphones and preamps and stuff so that that was the easy part of the whole thing it's also interesting how you can no longer be pigeonholed as just a blues a blues player you really are all <laughs> over the map yeah i always i always was i've i've i always have been and and um i never really understood the blues label because that i mean that's a one of the things at the core of what I do but I've never really played blues shows I've never done that and but I, I for a long time I was on Crosscut Records which is now Bear Family and, and they were a blues label so so but, but you know the whole 12 bar thing and all these festivals where everybody plays the same 20 songs that never interested me yeah, the CD is brand new. It's called Steady As We Go. And the first track we're going to hear is a, a song from Washboard Sam called I've Been Treated Wrong. Is this autobiographical? <laughs> no. Well, in, 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 in a kind of way it is, because that's basically, I've, I've discovered that song when I was 16 on a Sam Charters uh, Folkways LP. And I was always fascinated by it because they they play it so well and it's got this joyous and sad thing to it and much 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 later i discovered that that's basically the story uh, the life story of my mother because she grew up in an orphan home and 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 all that so so that's kind of a, a circle coming full circle here let's give it a listen we'll all come right. back my very special guest in the studio is uh, the wonderful swiss musician hank schitzo 
This is a really what you do very well. <laughs> Thank you, you. You have a laid-back groove, and you just stay in it, and it takes you wherever you need to go. Well, I take that as a compliment. Thank you. The, th- the thing is that all this talk about blues, you know, I when I was, I don't know, I started playing guitar with 15, 16, and... One of the the things that really got me was like early country blues stuff, the the mostly acoustic stuff, and then like for 
five years or something, I mostly listen to obs really obscure music and Mississippi Sheiks and, and Chuck Bands and, and um, Barbecue Bob and Casey Bill Weldon and all this, which is really the rural side of it. And then all these guys, I found out later took the train and went to Chicago and where, where there was electricity and started playing electric guitars. And the, but I was always in the f into the free form kind of thing. That's not strictly 12 bar. This is really, some of it is really freaky. So that, that's what interested me. You know, when you were here last time, I asked you how you got turned on to a lot of the music and you were telling me you heard a lot of this on Swiss radio. Yes. But in fact, <clears throat> these guys were not probably being played on Swiss. Barbecue Bob was not on on Swiss. any radio. On any, I mean, who would who would do that? that? You know, a funny story. When we were nineteen, eighteen, nineteen, and the, like the first friends of yours had cars, and you went to places or you know just uh, like up on a hill to get stoned all night, and and then then that that was the the era of cassettes of tapes in the car. And then it's like four or five guys in the car and somebody would ask, does anybody have a tape that we that we can listen to? And I would have like a tape in my shirt pocket with all this music and, and the whole car would turn to me and say, no, not you. <laughs> you where, where did you find these guys? Um, you know, if you if if you're lucky and if there's I my my parents had a. Um, a muddy waters record in their collection to this day i don't know why but they <laughs> sail on and then you you turn it around and and you you read who's on there and you read the credits that's something that always fascinated me and from there you you go to record stores i spent all my money that i earned like during high school and college i spent buying records and no internet so that means no youtube and you just can't look up stuff but you're you're it's important that there are people who will help you with this yeah and that's how it was in record stores and in 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 zurich where i lived at that time there was this place nina's jazz and blues oh i, I remember that place yeah so if you if you went in there and you said Do you have like this guy and you took out a note and you, you read Mississippi John Hurt, where do I start? And, and she would say, okay, young man, sit down, I'll make you a cup of coffee and then you will get a lecture for an hour and you'd leave with two or three LPs and from there you found out who blind blake was and and you know and big joe williams and you know all the all these people and eventually you get to robert johnson and 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 all this so that was like a to me that the sam charters lp that yellow folkways thing w with this blind blake on it and bucko white and robert johnson and lonnie johnson and and then and then and also washboard sam that track that we just listened to that to me that was like a door To another dimension and you know you were very grateful because of this one shop there weren't that many shops in no, zurich no that this one person who put this yeah. thing together opened up your world yeah yes i i mean did that was my university i was everything i learned i learned in record stores the other one was called rock on and, and that was a uh, That was more like modern oriented, but I found stuff there that is just unbelievable. And and these people would know you and they'd say, hey, I noticed you listen to this and this and this. Why don't you check out this? That's, by the way, how I got to know um, Richard Thompson. 
because oh, he, he he said all these guitars players you're listening to here check this out and handed me daring adventures and i thought why i haven't n n that's the first thing that i've heard of that guy and and it's just it's just stuck with me yeah i guess you mentioned that because you know i'm a huge fan of Virginia i I, I know that but that's a, it's it's just a good example because that's as i said that's been my university all these these discovering these musicians and going home and 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 with you know with these records and and reading who's on it and wow did they record this and all that it's just it was really fascinating it still is yeah if you're just joining us my very special guest today on the blue zeppelin is uh, hank schizo hank has a brand new cd out called steady as we go on blue rose records and we're going to do another track now. This is another cover, Careless Love. Yeah, well, Careless Love, that's a very, very, very old song. I, it, it must go back to the 19th century. It's a really old melody. And I, you know, everybody has their favorite versions. And I, one of mine was by Lonnie Johnson and not the one he had a hit with in the late 20s. I mean, imagine that, a hit in the late 20s. But from a from a recording from the 50s and I when I heard that the first time I was just awestruck and I always thought there'll be a time when I'll be able to sing this and so that's what we attempted Look how you've been dragging me 
Hank, what strikes me is uh, you have some wonderful musicians playing yeah. with you on this. That's what being a, a lucky guy is all about. Yeah, all these people and they and they live just all of them live like two or three minutes from here. And um, I mean, with some of them, I've been playing a, a long time. But this is a town where there's so many really, really good musicians. Yeah, including that clarinet on that track was fantastic yeah that's Tino Heineken and I, I play he he sings uh, songs like folk songs in, in in our language in Swiss German and he's he's quite well known and he's uh, he started out playing clarinet when he was very young and 
so did I, by the way. I was I played clarinet for eight years in my life. And then you get to know all these Sydney Bechet things, these, these things. And that's just music we love. And when I came up with the arrangement for that track, it was absolutely clear. I asked Tino and I told him, play like an old guy because... That's what. That's who you are. Yeah, I can also. He can, did. <laughs> I can also state for a fact that I saw Hank play the clarinet at a Stefan Eicher oh, open on. air. Oh come on! Oh come on! Don't don't embarrass me. <laughs> that's one. Of, that's a really hard instrument to play because it's really, if you don't do it every day for decades, you 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 won't have a tone. And that's what you hear with a lot of people playing saxophone because they they don't have like a technique or a tone. And then you hear someone who really knows how to do this and you realize what a beautiful instrument it is. If someone plays clarinet really, really well, it brings me to tears. I, I really love it. Yeah, I remember you once telling me if they don't play it really well, it sounds like farm animals. Yeah, or 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 like the 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 emergency room at the, at the animal shelter. I don't know. It's just just really bad. Yeah. <laughs> now you also did something very special. You took these recordings and you brought them to Los Angeles. Yes, I did. Um, if you finish a record, when you, I mean you you record it and you mix it and and then the last stage is what's called mastering. So you really you put the songs together in like sonically that they that they belong together, and that's an art in itself. And there are people who do this exceptionally well also here but most of them like the three top guys are in Los Angeles and I wrote to all of them um, last summer and they all wrote back very kindly and the guy that I really wanted from the first moment that was Stephen Markison he's uh, he's been doing that for 30 years he, he I mean everybody from from the Rolling Stones to Prince to Ry Cooter he did all the American recordings of Johnny Cash he did uh, Wildflowers from Tom Petty to this day one of my favorite albums of all time so it's really impressive what he did so he he knows what he's doing and he wrote back and he said yeah he would he would love to do that so I I went to see him and we sat at his desk and and like did the, the really the finishing process of the record together as i understand it you made a big trip out of it actually yeah it was just an excuse <laughs> it was these no i i knew that i was going to do that and i like to i like to travel on the on the north american continent so this time I, um, I flew to Anchorage, Alaska, and then I drove all the way down to Los Angeles and, and um, took like six weeks and, uh, because I've never been to Canada and I always wanted to see Alaska and Yukon and, and British Columbia. And then the coast from, from like Oregon, California, I know that pretty well. And I went to see some friends in the desert and uh, in the high desert in California. And then the last four or five days was in Los Angeles doing this. Oh, it sounds like a great trip. You probably yeah. have a lot of memories from that. Yeah, but mostly I go there for nature. I I, I don't care much about cities and, and um, 
I don't because you can see things there. I mean, driving from from Anchorage up to Fairbanks and then down to Seattle—that's just that's just absolutely mind blowing. What, what, what you're going to see nature-wise, and I I went hiking in Denali and 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 then further down south in the in the redwoods, which I really love, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah. Sounds fantastic. We have one more track we're going to... This is uh, also a traditional song, Make Me a Pallet on Your Floor. Yeah, I mean, everybody loves the um, the, the Mississippi John Hurt version. And I mean, the first time you hear that, that's just something you're going to remember for the rest of your life, I think, because that's hearing the voice of that man and the, the guitar picking. There's, by the way, there's an excellent film about him. There's a uh, Jack White, the 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 rock star guy. He has his label, Third Man Records, and they produce a documentary that was also on, on PBS and on BBC, American Epic. Oh, it's, cool. it's called, and that's just any anyone into this kind of music should should see that. And there's a beautiful episode. It's like, it's like a mini series, and there's a beautiful episode about about John Hurt. That's just really really good. And you wouldn't we all just love to sit on that porch and listen to the man sing and play? And uh, I've always loved that song. Now, is this something? Is this record something we're going to hear more from you in this style? You think? Well, I think so. You know, the, the funny thing is that initially when I started this record and I, I had this collection of songs, I, I told my band, look, I think we're going to do a country and western record. But old school, not this deodorized bad rock with a fiddle. Um, <laughs> that's what Tom Petty called it, which I think is fantastic, bad rock with a fiddle. And... and um, no, but it, because I, I've listened to a lot of Western swing and you know, Bob Wills and Spade Cooley and all this kind of thing, and there's a there's an interesting intersection between black and white music there. That's that's really it's sometimes it's hard to make a distinction. Also with like Hank Williams stuff because they sometimes they just play like black guys and and and, and it's. Um, all this music influencing the, the, the other styles and I thought this is the direction I'm going to take so probably with the next record it's going to be even worse since I, I started playing pedal steel guitar which um, I mean that will point you in a certain direction yeah it's wonderful to have Hank Schutzo here flying in the Blue Zeppelin the brand new CD is called Steady As We Go and it's album number 16, and I'm going to uh, borrow a phrase from the English language there. Hank, this is certainly Sweet 16. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> it sounds very, very nice. Thank you. And we're going to listen to that. And Hank, you are welcome to uh, fly in the Blue Zeppelin anytime you, you, you have the feeling and something you want to share with us. It's very You're kind. You're always welcome. Thank you.
much further I'll go Wishes make me down a pallet on your floor Make me down a pallet on your floor I make me a pallet uh, soft and low Rabe 95.6 95.6 
After the uh, extended interview with Hank Schitzo, we heard from two artists who were featured at showcases last week at the Toronto Blues Summit. First, Mish Love from Montreal with I Need Good Loving and Miss Emily from Kingston, Ontario with In Between, the title track of her most recent CD. And I'm very happy to say that uh, Matthew Stevenson is still with me here in the studio. We're talking about his most recent book, Appalachia Spring. 
Did I pronounce it right this time? I think any way you pronounce Appalachia, Appalachia is fine with the the people who live there. Yeah, and it's you know you do all these great trips around, literally around the planet. Uh, this one is by car, but many times you're you're in the train. <clears throat> sometimes in the train, sometimes on a bike. This is uh, this was uh, I I was unlucky with the weather on this one. It was springtime and there were tornadoes in the area, and it cut down on my bike and camping. But I look, I got to what I wanted to see. And you asked before, what was I looking for? And um, it was to, it was to be evocative of the of the coal counties in. Eastern Kentucky and West Virginia. What do you see there? Is there still a lot of poverty there? You see, I thought I thought maybe I'd read a little bit from one of the one of the chapters about Eastern Kentucky, and you can get a sense. Come along with me, so to speak. And this is from uh, a chapter called Benham to Hazard, Kentucky, and it's called RFK. I mean Robert F. Kennedy in Eastern Kentucky. To get there, I sketched out a route that would allow me to retrace the path of Robert Kennedy's motorcade and get on the Hal Rogers Parkway in Hazard. Between Cumberland and Hazard, I'd take a twisting coal road through places such as Delphia, Slemp, and Viper, names a little less corporate than those of Benham and Lynch. In driving across the back counties of Kentucky, I recalled that in 2004, Organizer John Malpete had engaged numerous towns, schools, officials, and students in what he called, quote, a real-time documentary-style performance by a large community cast, unquote. His goal was, quote, to put an historical mirror up to present-moment life in eastern Kentucky, unquote. In the end, he had called his extravaganza, quote, RFK and EKY, Robert F. Kennedy in Eastern Kentucky, and the Robert F. Kennedy Performance Project. Over four days, Malpede's own motorcade had logged 200 miles and put on readings, performances, and seminars about conditions in Appalachia then and now. Malpede even used government transcripts from Kentucky Kennedy's hearings as what he called found text and had actors and community members read from the original sources. And here's the end of the, of the paragraph. I love the goals that Malpede set for his bandwagons. RFK and EKY, he said, quote, is intent on encouraging the practice of citizenship, unquote. Nor had he undertaken the venture to sell Kennedy memorabilia or even to produce a film. Very few video images survive from the events. He simply wanted more people to remember what had been said. So that's from Hazard, in and around Hazard, which is in southwest eastern Kentucky. And Robert Kennedy is the, the politician we're most familiar with who championed, so to speak, the idea that Appalachia didn't need to be poor forever. It's a wealthy area. It's, it's as wealthy as Saudi Arabia when it comes to energy. It has coal that you could burn for the next three 2,000 years probably, but it's a dirty fuel as we're beginning to find out in, in learning more about uh, climate change. So this is, um, this is uh, just one part of that excursion. This is one part and it was, in, it was to sort of – what Mal P. Do, does and did – I don't know if he I – I didn't follow up. I don't know what he's doing today. I hope he's obviously still with us. This is some time ago. Malpede took the transcripts from Robert Kennedy's uh, hearings, Senate hearings, and made a kind of a community event around them. It wasn't to make a movie. It wasn't, as I said, to sell memorabilia. It was to take what had been said, 
Kennedy's visit to Appalachia was in February 1968, just before he, he declared to run for president in March 68. And he's killed in June 68 when you and I were both young boys. And we were talking earlier about you know the, the, our friend Andy Sunberg. And in some ways, if you say Malpede's goal was to promote the ideal, ideal, both the idea and the ideal of citizenship, nobody typified citizenship better than our friend Andy. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And Andy was 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 the sort of beau ideal of what the American Republic, not the empire that I think we're living with today, could put forward. He served in the Navy. He ran for president as a as an American abroad. He wrote numerous essays and blogs to his friends and publications around the world. He read books and he spoke at, at events and organized political parties, political rallies, political meetings. And he was a political man in the best sense of the word. And we were fortunate that he introduced you and, and, and me and that he also was part of the lives of our friends Danny and Danny Warner and Gene, and Gene Shulman in Geneva and that that – that group, that 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 circle, friends of Andy, we call it, is still with us. Yeah, yeah. I want to ask you, Matthew, going back to the book for a moment, is there something you feel can you distill out in I don't know in a short few sentences what you learned from this trip? Is there some common theme that you walk away with from writing this book? Not not to sound it's all about me, but I, I learn how it is that I learn, which is I learn by seeing and I learn by reading and then I learn by writing. So I, I probably – I'm not an expert on the coal industry or on Kentucky or the Civil War, but I learned how it is that I personally go about learning. And so for your listeners who like travel, you know, Hank before loved the drive from Anchorage down to L.A., Everybody learns differently and what I've learned, what I learned on that trip across Canada, not unlike your trip to Toronto and Vancouver, is that I need to see things, I need to read about them and then I need to write about them. And in that sense, what I learned about from Appalachia is what's – every every mile of that trip is etched in my memory whereas I think if I hadn't read about it or I hadn't written it down – it might just have been a pleasant memory, but not a distinct memory. Yeah, I think writing it and uh, for, formulating it into words, because you have to really think quite a bit about it. Just those it, it seals it. It's it's like a kind of a letter press or an old metal press in the in the early ages of print. That's how I. That works for me. Now, for other people, it works by. You know, we've heard many songs today. They learn by kind of composing songs, and I'm sure for them. The experience is similar. Distilling from Appalachia, what I distilled about it, and I don't want to sound – this is not a kind of an academic uh, theory, is that a lot of capitalism as we call it, that's generally defined, you know, say digging out the coal of, of West Virginia, it did nothing for the people in Appalachia. They got nothing for it. America fought two world wars on coal. America and China has run many coal plants. Many people have gotten – very rich buying and selling coal around the world. And if you dig it out of the ground in Appalachia, all you get is black lung. And there has to be something in between the exploitation of those mountains. Strip mining is a ghastly practice. 
And between what we have today, we, we need to get places. We need to take trains. We need to drive cars. We need to walk or ride bikes, whatever it is we do. And I don't say use coal, but I don't also think if you're, if you're sitting on the coal seams of Appalachia, one of the great resources in North America, you should get more than kind of lung disease. Yeah. I also see that your bags are packed today. When you arrived here from Geneva at uh, Radio Raba, I see that your bags are packed. You're heading somewhere after this show. I'm going to take the, uh, for my sins, I would say, I'm going to take the night train to Zagreb and then another train and bus down to Sarajevo. Uh, I first went to the Balkans in 1970. It was part of a family trip. And every couple of years since then, really 70s, 80s, every decade, every couple of years, I've seen another part of what was called former Yugoslavia. Bosnia is a forgotten part of Europe. At one time, all we thought about was the war in Bosnia. And I don't think too many people have thought much about Bosnia in the last 10 or 15 years. And the idea was to travel really the spine of old Yugoslavia. So Croatia, Bosnia, Montenegro, and then into Serbia and Kosovo. And try to see what the the European idea was so strong when it was Yugoslavia and it was kind of holding firm and now it's we're losing it and i kind of like again as i as an appalachia i need to i need to read about a place i need to see a place i need to listen and then i need to write it down and i i'm sure i could do better it's the best i can do yeah i want to thank you very much matthew for coming here today and flying in the blue zeppelin and sharing your your observations about many different places uh, on this planet. We're going to go out with a uh, track. I happened to be at the uh, Shirley Grimes gig last night at the Alta Mushti in Mulitorna, and Tom Edder, who plays with Hank Schitzo, was also performing uh, with Shirley. The new CD from Shirley's called Hold On, and Hold On, we're going to get to that. I have a pair of tickets to give away for Friday night at the Alta Mushti. Give me a call. Richard Cuckley's performing. Give me a call right now, 031-330-9999. Matthew, thank you, and I wish you safe journeys. Thank you, Mark, and congratulations again on 30 years of the Zeppelin. Here's uh, Shirley Grimes' title track from her fantastic new CD, Hold On. Between the crimes of our elders And faith in our youth The lies that are planted And the guide on this truth Between the violent nature
seconds here. I just want to thank Matthew Stevenson once again for uh, coming in and flying in the Blue Zeppelin. A pleasure for me, Mark. This is uh, Radio Baron Raba, 95.6 megahertz in the Swiss capital. This has been the Blues Zeppelin.